What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network here, of course, at Locker Room Charlotte. Shanti, it's just the two of us this week. What's one of the biggest things on your mind right now as far as the Panthers or just otherwise? <laughs> I guess the biggest thing was, you know, what's the D-line depth look like now with the departure of Marquand McCall? You know, who steps up in that, who sets up next in that interior? We know we signed guys like Shy Tuttle, Deshaun Williams, but who's the next guy that they've seen that is going to, you know, bump into the rotation now? But every beat reporter I've talked to, like, that's been, like, the standout of camp. You know, like, he's been putting in work. He's been putting in work last season. Like, he had a great season last year when we needed him. Now you look at the depth chart, <laughs> it's just an empty spot. They didn't even bump Henry Anderson, like, up to the starter because that's who, he, who is behind him in the depth chart. And see, that's the thing. I mean, having a guy that started out, you know, when the first depth chart came out, him him being a starter, I think we all were under the impression that, okay, that's going to be the guy we roll with. And I guess, you know, for Frank Wright to pretty much come out and say it wasn't really a scheme fit, I, I, that was that may be the first decision that he's made where I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I'm, I'm raising my eyebrows a little bit, trying to kind of wondering what, what the psyche was there. But, but if he says he wasn't a fit, then we got to just roll with it. Yeah, and maybe it's one of those things, like, you know, where we talked about the – difference of not having those cut days you know and you have it now like you have that one cut day at the end maybe that was like all right we're gonna take our time see if it really does fit in the schedule or not or is he not gonna be there because you talk about you know preseason and knowing whether or not they fit in the system they should know whether they fit in the system you would think i mean what did he do what has he done differently in the last month that he what like that he wasn't doing to that he did to get on the top of the depth chart. That was my thing as well. And it's like and it's like you know what other guys were available that could could we have cut? Like I mean there has to have been another guy somewhere else that we could have cut. I mean take uh, taking all the guy that was a rotational guy last year that was a potential starter for you this year doesn't seem like the right decision to me. I mean and, and again I mean good from you know good from a call he'll have a chance to get picked up by a team before the season starts. Well already was. Oh, 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 Patriots picked him up oh, today. See, exactly. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I'm just happy so, it wasn't the Bears. Ex you know, exactly. So I mean, it wasn't a long way for him at all. And I, I, and I, and I, again, a good, a, you know, he fell in a good, in a good spot. They're, they're a great defensive team year in year out. So I mean, that's nothing, you know, nothing wrong with that for him. But as far as for us, I just gotta wonder, like, was will that be a decision that comes back to haunt us? Look, I mean, when we added, you know, what, three to four defensive tackles in the span of the off season, I, we with the move to the 3-4, we knew those defensive tackles weren't really going to be defensive tackles. Right. You know, Deshaun Williams, Raycon Williams, both guys that were defensive tackles in other positions, but have also played defensive end. Same with Shy Tuttle. Mm -hmm. Like, we knew – I mean, even you go down Taylor Stallworth and the, what was it, John Pensini that they brought in. We added, like, a baker's dozen defensive tackles in the offseason. Right. So, you knew that it was going to have to break somewhere, but I just didn't think it would have been that kind of guy. I mean, he figured it would be, like – Henry Anderson, who we just signed for the second time with the team that yeah. I forget is still a part of the program. Or another guy, you know, like we already shipped off Phil Hoskins. We knew that was coming. I mean, I didn't expect it to be any sort of those other guys. But, like, I don't know. When you listen at the start of the depth chart for a guy that wasn't supposed to be there, and maybe they just see the defensive, you know, line position, that D-tackle as a lot less of a set, like, position. You know, on a 3-4, mm -hmm. it's hard to put it in a depth chart because – it's a fluid. It's a, yeah, it's a fluid thing. I mean, these guys are technically defensive ends in that defense. And so, I mean, so they, you know, so it, it plays out differently. But I mean, I, you know, I'm not. I won't make too much of a stink about it. I, I mean, no. he, he's a guy that, like you said, I mean, I don't want to overreact to this thing because I mean, he is a guy that was a, just just a rotational guy last year. 
we didn't we never saw him in a extended role so i mean it, it is what it is but adding troy hill I do like that signing. I do like what we, I mean. I like what they've said at least about C.J. Henderson. I like I like what I've seen from C.J. Henderson thus far d- during camp. But this is one of those days where will it pan out when the season starts? We, yeah. I thought we like. I thought I like what I saw from last year heading and you know going into the season and it didn't really pan out. Maybe under Ivero is different. I mean, but I, and, and but that's the hope. I mean, you saw um, Frank Wright call him Mister Consistent. Yeah. So I mean, which. Again, for take that for whatever it's worth, but I mean, there is a positive nod to what he's you know, what he's done to progress, and hopefully, you know, adding Troy Hill as another, you know, adding another veteran corner, not knowing how long Dante's injury situation is gonna take, so so he may have to play sooner rather than later. I mean, even Keith Taylor as well, he's a guy that's gonna have to step up and play as well. I mean, especially after Eric Rowe got burned on that route last week. I mean, that was gross on that touchdown. Danny Dimes was carving up our defense. You know, because <laughs> I remember last year. Last year we played them. We lost. We all kind of felt like, oh, we sh- that, that wasn't a game. That, that was a know, fluke, that, that yeah. was a fluke. No, nah, I think Brian Dayball's made a lot of progress with, with, with Daniel Jones, and he ha- he does have a lot of athletic ability. His physical ca- – we always yeah, he I mean, physically capable. Now he's starting to play the quarterback position the right way. The same way you start to see Josh Allen take that jump on the day ball as well. So you've got to just chalk that up to the game is that, like, Daniel Jones may just be a good quarterback. It's that it's that weird middle ground of those guys that they're going to, like, the right staff and the right things can bring it out of them, you know, if they get that chance, that opportunity. I mean, it's got – it's the same traits and characteristics that have people questioning now why Sam Howell was drafted when he was after one preseason game where he beats the Ravens' undefeated streak. And now people are like, how did he fall so far? And it's because they don't offer – they don't show those things, you know, on that paper. It's like window shopping for a quarterback. They're not flashy. They're not – like, they're just quarterbacks. Exactly. But I, I talked about it – I talked about it with, you know, our good friend D. <laughs> Check out their podcast, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely. I talked about it with him. I said there's a factor that you can't scout. And that's just – these guys have been playing football their entire lives. When they get out there on the football field, guys that just play ball – they just play. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't you can't quantify it in how tall they are or, or, or how well does he spin it. Like no, nah, some of these guys just have a knack for just playing the game when it's time when it's time to go in. And like you said, I mean, that can't always be measured. And, you, and you're starting to see a guy like Daniel Jones really gain that confidence, you know, in year two with Dayball. You're starting to see him grow and you're starting to see that we, we may he may just be one of the you know, he's definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC now, just Oh, yeah. Just by and large, because there's nobody really left. <laughs> yeah, by, by default. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, for, at least for our, but for our defense, man, I still was looking for a better outing from the, from the from the starting group. I mean, yeah. I, I, no matter if Justin Houston and Brian Burns played or not, I'm still disappointed at the fact that our secondary still has not looked like the group that we thought it would no. be coming in. No, and I'm still, I mean, I think that this is getting washed away in everything they're doing and trying to transition. I'm worried about our run defense. Because when you move that three, four is a lot about blitzing and a lot about rushing quarterback, a lot about creating those plays. And Derek Brown's biggest trait was supposed to be that creating that, you know, that trouble in the middle. Well, now you've moved him out of the middle. And like we talked now, and there's no one like you're playing now a DN basically at defensive tackle. So like I'm because we were already worried about defensive backs and, you know, that Troy pride or Troy. (laughs) You got me there. Look at that was a that was a throwback. Not Troy Pride, Troy Hill. That signing's purely for veteran leadership, you know, familiarity with Avero and familiarity with Frank Reich, and then just having some sort of a healthy presence in the locker room. 
And you're right. I think, you know, we're going to really get that test. This Lions game is a big one. And just going those first four weeks, I mean, the Seahawks, the Vikings, like the, the, the Dolphins. You see the Seahawks, the Vikings, and the Dolphins in the span of four weeks. That is ridiculous on our defensive backs. Yeah, all, like you said, all teams that can press you deep. They're gonna they're gonna test how well you how well how well have you you know cultivated your secondary and I think that and it's gonna be tough it's gonna it's definitely it's definitely gonna be a tough one and again I mean do we feel are we worried about Dante Jackson at all have we I do well one do we have any word on how extent how how major they're keeping it maybe? very low profile which concerns me more. Because they're very big on, they've been very big on, especially since Frank Greg's gotten there. Here's a timetable. Either we're not certain, but we have an idea. Like, you know, Miles Sanders, they say he's, Miles Sanders said, said today, he, he's going to be ready for that week one game. Mm-hmm. You know, Corbett, week two is what we're looking like. Really? Yeah, week two, hopefully. That's what they're hoping okay. for. Now, it's, I mean, he was out there today, you know, yeah. doing his, doing different legwork, dr- or yesterday doing different drills, mm-hmm. and he wasn't in pads, but that's the first I've seen, that's the most mobile I've seen of him. And so we're hoping, yeah. I mean, it was week 18, so to week two, that should right. be enough. You know, you would hope. I mean, they're optimistic, hopefully, within that first month or not. Right. Um, but Dante, they're being very, very, very just vague about. And, like, to the point where it's like, need, it's like a need-to-know basis. And it's like, well, we need to know, but they're not being very – they're optimistic is the word. But it's not like optimistic about a certain time and point. It's just optimistic, which I don't like. With Horn, it was give him till training camp. Right. He'll be back in training camp. With Dante's first stint, it was give him till training camp. You know, and then they said, you know, that first moving day, yeah, he's gonna be playing tomorrow. So and even with, you know, Chandler Zavala, like and Cade Mays, like they've been very apparent even with con- like, you know, LaVisca and concussion protocol now. Yeah. they they said, you know, all right, it's gonna follow the standard concussion protocol procedures and it should be, you know, the next within the next week or so, hopefully. Because right. they've, you know, fast tracked concussion protocols aggressively to the point where Tua can play, you know, in a year having four, going in at four different times back when we were in high school or, you know, a few years ago, concussion protocol. Yeah, that's, that's gonna take you at least it was two, like a, two weeks. I was gonna say it was like two, almost three a month. Weeks, you you're gonna be out for sure. But yeah, okay. Okay. So Dante, I, I am worried about it. Not because of they've said it's something to be worried about, but it's more in what they're not saying. And I just even when he's been out there, it's looked like it, it, it looks reserved. Yeah, it it still has it definitely doesn't look like the same guy, like the same aggressive guy. I mean, I we knowing that aggressiveness has gotten him in trouble in the past, but that's the that's the mark of his game. If I he can't his calling be, card, if he's yeah, not fast, yeah, if he's not fast and he's not playing aggressive, he's not up trying to uh, up trying to make plays on the ball. Then that takes away a lot of what he does well because I mean we don't take him for the greatest cover guy that we've, that no. we've seen. <laughs> no, we we don't. You know, you know, like, I mean he's he's a, he's a solid he's a solid tackler, but I mean again, if he doesn't have that same vigor when he you know while he's playing, then again we now takes away a lot. Of what well, he now does. maybe it's like you know an old head playing basketball, and you have to change the way you go about doing things, and maybe he becomes a better corner coverage cornerback by having to play it a bit more reserved seeing everything mm-hmm. you know you see that like with richard sherman that, i mean that's obviously right the top in the ability to do so he was able to pull back change the way that he played and try to transition more into that kind of see it all and do it all right i mean that's the thing i've seen a lot of people say like you know maybe transitioning him to that safety role would be the next step for him if he wants to have a long career especially knowing that his game is predicated a lot a lot off of being a ball hawk maybe going to that free yeah. safety role would be 
where he would need to go. But, I, well, I guess the next thing would be uh, the running back room. You know, the, you know, a lot we saw a lot of Spencer Brown in, the, in game two against the Giants. So I saw a lot of Raheem Blackshear. I got to think that now Blackshear is getting the move up to, to, to RB3. I, I, and at this point, I think him and Chuba, to me, are kind of neck and neck. I mean, going into the preseason, I had Chuba being RB2, like, definitive. Uh, as the, as it's going along, I mean, you start to see Blackshear's value on the team as being a kid returner, being the punt returner. And now he's definitely the third best running back. I don't know why Spencer – I don't know what's factored in Spencer Brown getting this many touches. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, it's, it's this is the preseason goggles as much as you can even put it on a position because you're running out there. You, they're operating like Chuba is running back number one. They're not running him with second team reps going, you know, Miles is going to be in there. We don't need to – like, no, they're putting Chuba in there like he's number one. So he's not getting as many reps. So he's playing – Blackshear's playing that number two position. So he's getting second team reps and getting a lot more, significantly more time than if Miles Sanders was playing any of these preseason games. I could guarantee you if Miles Sanders was playing in these preseason games, Spencer Brown wouldn't be on the field. Or, well, or Blackshear wouldn't be on the field. I mean, Spencer Brown's getting these reps because, yes, he's also the only bigger, quote-unquote, running back yeah. you have on the team. So when you're especially trying to play what they're telling us is a, you know, bland offense, you need running it up the middle, I hope, you know, it gets a little bit more, a little less vanilla, a little bit more Neapolitan real real quick. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's – I mean, Blackshear's a good running back. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's more of a factor of the fact that they're just operating like he is that number two. And so I think that that's why we would, were noticing him more. You know, right. last year he was running back number three or yeah. four, so you didn't hear, you know, hide or tail of him other than a couple big runs in that early preseason. Right. So I think that's where it's coming from. And I do believe that he could provide more of that role. I just think they're trying to get the reps out of him while they can. Right. Knowing that – and with the anticipation that maybe Miles Sanders, you know, is supposed to be – like I said, he's supposed to be good to go, fully healthy, week one. And also, I mean, it's like it's the running back position, you know. It's when you're able to do it well, if you're doing it enough reps, like it's not, you know, the 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 split between the really great running backs and everybody else is far, but then everybody else kind of plays kinda, at that same level. Right. I, well, I guess the thing now is I I, I kind of get the inkling that you know fans are feeling that maybe Blackshear should be Blackshear and Chuba should be more in a competition than it than, than it has been thus far. I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, you know, in terms of, like I said, we've never used Chuba for any other sort of, like, I think that's where they're getting it is the versatility of kick returner, punt returner. Right. But then do you really want your guy who's running RB2 to be getting hit like that? That's always been my biggest issue is, like, why are we put? I've never understood the, the punt returner position. I understand it's the flashiest position. You can make the most, like, you know, big splashes. But why are you putting well, Christian McCaffrey back there to field punts? Well, I always, well, I didn't never see Blackshear as a punt returner. Kid returner, completely understand running back through the transition. Punt returner, I didn't either. Now, I thought maybe Visca would have gotten more shake at, 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 as a punt returner. It seems like that's more of a fit. I Shy mean, had his chance, and he yeah he yeah he definitely had his he chance. Fit, he literally muffed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, and, and, and that's another guy that I was definitely worried about going into camp. You know, as far as. When that first depth chart came out, him being third string on kick return, punt return, and and being kind of buried at the back of the depth chart at wide receiver, he had a great game last year. He week. did have a great game. I mean, he he's been the one receiver that's that's, that's popped on the screen. Derek Wright had the had the first game against um against the New York Jets. Shot definitely popped off against the Giants. I, I guess I, I guess the wonder is now. I mean, 
is there is there still that three headed race between him, Javon Williams, and Derek Wright for for that for that six wide receiver spot? I think the injury of Bird really helps. Helps a lot. I mean, you're going to keep him on just for that because Bird was in for a perennial. You'd imagine like he wasn't running those reps in six or in punt returner. You'd imagine they would have thought about him a little bit just because right. he did it the first time around and he's done it pretty much every team he's been on. Um, I think there isn't a race per se. Wims, I really I have seen nothing from him. I really don't understand why he's still on the roster because I've seen more from Gary Jennings. I mean, heck, Gary Jennings is the only wide receiver that's got a touchdown in the preseason. I'm saying. And that was a good – I mean, it was a great ball. That was a great throw. But, but it was a catch. great catch, too. Like, getting the guy coming down on your back. Yeah. Like, that, you still have to secure that over your shoulder, go into the corner of the end zone, have the awareness to know where you are. And he's been doing that in practices, too. So, for me, if I'm signing three guys to stay on practice squads or to stay in that spot, it's Shy Smith, Derek Wright, and Gary Jennings. Derek Wright gets the built-in spot just again from Adam Thielen and just having, I mean, it's really why he's there. I, I, it's, I hate to say it, but it's exactly why it's not like comparing Cooper cup to Jordy Nelson. It's, it's, it's Derek Wright and it's Adam Thielen. Like it's, it's bread and butter. They're right there together. So I think he gets the second spot for that reason. Wims and Gary Jennings are in that same, you know, and Josh Van are all in that same kind of area of what they provide. And I think that, they'll be great practice squad players, yeah. wh however many of them we keep. And I think we'll keep more just because it's wide receiver. You want to keep, you know, for practices, you want to have healthy guys. Right. And then, yeah, I mean, Shai Smith, I think, for me, takes that spot. Okay, absolutely. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, I guess I, I have wondered about what their psyche has been about working in the younger guys. Because we, you know, to be honest, a lot of the undrafted free agents that we saw We've seen very little from in camp, like Bumper Pool. I, I, that's the first name that came to mind. I've still seen nothing from him in preseason. Uh, Ray John Wright, I think he's been hurt, has he not? He has been hurt. So, I mean, he's been one of the inactive guys. But that's like, yeah, everyone's like, oh, you, we were talking about Ray John Wright. Where the heck has he been? Uh, and he <laughs> hasn't been anywhere. He, I mean. Cameron Peoples as well. Another guy that I, I think has he. He got injured. He got injured early in, mini, in training camp. And they've just kind of. And I think that just. It's hard to make up that window if you're in UDFA. Like, yeah. they were already so stingy. Like, I've seen way too much of Stanley Thomas Olivier. I, I way more than like more than I need to. I don't understand. Like, he's a good special teams player. Yeah. He is, but I don't need to see him in coverage. We've no like at that point he's been on the team long enough. We know he can't do these things. It's not like Troy Pride or Keith Taylor. We were waiting around to see can he do it? Yeah. It is can. it gonna work? Like, no, he can't. And he's the last like. He's the last rule standard that's staying around that I'm like, all right, I'm waiting for that shoe to, you know, for that shoe to drop. Yeah, it, it, I think it's a strictly special teams thing. You just have a guy that, that may be his ace. I will say for another special teams guy that I've seen a lot from, Sam Franklin. He's when did he well. turn into an actual cornerback? I, I mean, he had a, what, pick the first week? He had the, bre uh, the, the pass breakup last week? Yeah. When did he turn into a he's cornerback? Playing a lot, he's playing with a lot more confidence on the defensive side of the ball. I know, I know Frank has been challenging him to – be more of a you know we need you to play defense as well we i mean the special teams we understand that's that's your niche but we you got to be a viable guy at the safety position so we can i mean we can get a lot of great value out of you if you can play for us like on third on, yeah. on a third down or, or or any type of game situation i think that you know jonathan cooley and d'angelo Hall are going to be the like make it or break it for this coaching staff like you've got young guys that have come off of injuries or come off of different things that you need to bring everything out of and get to work 
you know, you've got veterans and then like that are playing those roles and then incredibly young guys playing side by side. And in the defensive back group, especially, it's a very, I don't want to say egotistical, that's not the right word, but it's, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's a prideful position. You I mean, guys... we've seen, I mean, he's grown up since then, but the most, you know, damning clip from All or Nothing was Dante and how he was talking to guys like Mike Adams and Captain Munnerlin, you know, when they were saying, you got to be prepared for Antonio Brown. He's like, I got this. And then he was not prepared for Antonio Brown. <laughs> so, you know, and he's grown up since then. Yeah, absolutely. But that's, a, like you said, it's a, it's a prideful position. Is There are guys that are, the guys that play that position at a high level are very headstrong guys. So again, to be able to get you know get in their mind, you know, be able to help them progress, it, it does take a lot. And I mean, and again, it this does help having a coaching staff that I feel like the guys trust that they can really take notes yeah. from and really grow from to grow from as well. So, I mean, that's again, I mean, I you know, we're all eager to see if JC can you know maintain his high yeah. level of play and every and everything like that. So I mean, it's one of those things. But I guess from the preseason game, what did you? What did you see from that game if you got a chance to watch it? Yeah, so, I mean, we were, you know, I was over at Memorial Stadium for all the high school football games we were going on, you know, because they've been all throughout the week. And, of course, they're doing it. Like, I don't know why these Saturdays and Fridays, like, I didn't. I knew preseason was never really on Sundays that much, but I feel like we never had this many Friday preseason games before. Yeah, it's been a lot. I don't know why. that so many Friday games. But, I mean, the biggest things I was watching, I don't understand why everyone, like, I know the stat line's nothing, but, like, they put out there was that montage that someone put out on Twitter of like all of Bryce Young's throws and of course Bears fans are singing the praises because they think they're getting a number one pick next year, but like I'm looking at the stuff Bryce Young is doing like that scramble route. Yeah. People are saying that was a bad route or a bad play when he ran 20 yards in a circle and still flung the ball downfield a good 50 yards, not even throwing it that hard, and he even overthrew Adam Thielen. Right. Everything I've seen from him has been what I've been expecting. Like, yeah. I don't know what people thought he was going to do in preseason. Like, he doesn't need to prove himself like DTR is. He doesn't need to, you know, I mean, even Anthony Richardson needed to prove something a little bit, yeah. which before we say, I want to say this right now because this man had been talking DTR's praises from the get-go, so I don't want to hear none of it when he actually pops off. Oh, you know, absolutely. He's been, he, he's been a great surprise. You can, but you can tell from, from, from him. You can tell he's the guy that's played the most football out of anybody in his class. Yeah, and you—I mean—you see during the preseason, he's clearly the best, the second best quarterback on that on that Browns roster. Oh yeah, and if you're Cleveland, I mean, you hope you don't have to play him because you paid a lot of money for Deshaun Watson. But it could be your saving grace. It may, it, it, it that may be your out. That may be your saving grace right now if Deshaun can't get it back to where to where he's been at, um, you know, in, in his past time. But, yeah, DTR being one of those guys, I'm definitely happy about seeing him, you know, have his moment I know. for sure. It's funny. It's like it's vindicating. Like, all right, cool. That that, that was a good take. Like, that, that worked. Like, you start rooting for players that you don't even care about. Bro, not even – like, you think fantasy's bad. Wait till you start making takes like these that you can get flamed for because you pray that these guys do well or do not. Um, other than that, you know, I don't want to say I'm getting worried about Icky, but I think we're seeing that, you know, he's – like, I think how high he was drafted, we talked about this last year, you know, the, 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 the draft goggles. Like, he was drafted really high. He was what we've been asking for for forever. So you put a lot on him. So then when he doesn't perform or produce that well, especially in the offensive line, when it's such a, if you're doing good, you're not going to get praise. Right. When you're doing bad, you're on the hot seat. You usually don't want to be talked about if you're offensive No, line. and I mean, like, look, the, the Kavion Thibodeau play was bad. It was bad. It was really bad. <laughs> I don't know what... 
the mindset was. I, I, they talked about it a little bit about, you know, when it's that kind of guy, when he's looking for a certain one, they get so locked in mm. on looking for that that they don't see the other things around him. And I think they were meant, comparing it to like Laramie Tunsil, who kind of does that same thing when it's a certain play he needs. He doesn't see it. It's the, you know, the blinders mm. on. And then when he does what he needs to do, though, it's it's fine. Right. So I'm getting a little concerned about, like, Campen again is supposed to be that guy. Like, he's supposed to be the coach we aren't questioning anything about. And so I think it's been – I think we're seeing how much Corbett is needed on this offensive line. Especially in the interior. Because that, yeah. that, that, I could say, well, it would be right guard. That, yeah, that and Jensen, plays. Zavala, Mays, they're just not ready for it. Not not yet. Not yet. I mean, Zavala, I think I think if, you, if Zavala's in the game – you know exactly what you need to do. You're gonna to have to be a run heavy team. Yeah. And and even at, even towards the end of last year, I think what people have to understand is that Steve Wilkes had this team as a run first team oh, yeah. that played right into our strength last year yeah. as a group. I mean, Icky's a Icky, we knew Icky was a mauler coming out. We knew he had the potential to be a a great guard from day one, but we knew as as, as far as a tackle, he still had to progress as a pass blocker. Which was always interesting because that was never NC State's prerogative you know they were a pass heavy team they were not built upon their running attacks so i never understood why that was what you know yeah yeah you know they, they don't have these great, ru- these no. great rushers so it's like yeah you so you always wonder about that but when, then when you cut on the tape you start seeing okay him and zavala working in tandem those those two were they were a mauling group so i mean his thing we always knew that he had to develop as a pass blocker i think we're just still seeing that development and understanding that he that was only his rookie year and it did take some time. I mean, yeah, yeah. It was what six weeks before we was, thought exactly. It took it took a good bit of time before we started feeling like okay, he's starting to settle in. He started to get comfortable. And it really wasn't until Wilkes took over that we started to see him re- that, that that group in particular really yeah. start to grow and mesh. So again, it may be it may be a scheme thing. It may be that right now that they're. I mean, I don't think in a regular season we're going to be a pass heavy team. I think we're going to see really? a lot more of a. I think we're going to be a much more of a run heavy team once we get to the regular season. Because I think the receiving group doesn't really bode well for you to pass the ball 30 times a game. No, it doesn't. And so I think, you know, Miles, the re, like the reason why you take it so slow with Miles Harris getting him back and, you, and there's no rush to see him now is because you know he's going to have to be a bell cow back once the season starts. You know Chuba's going to have, Chuba has to run with the ones because he's going to play a lot. So you, and, and figuring out who, get, who that third back is going to be is going, is going to be important. Because he's going to have to have some type of um, role role as well, like I said, and and not, not only that, I, I think if Frank understands that you still are working in a rookie quarterback. Now I do want to see more of him just taking shots down the field this this week. I want to see this uh, that offense hat does have to open up. I think we the vanilla thing is cool. I understand that, but we do need to start seeing like what is it that he's capable of. I don't, I I don't think you can pull Bryce Young off the field with you know with common sense i don't think you can pull him off the field until you get a touchdown in yeah. my mind like i mean of course that goes within reason within you know reason, don't, yeah. don't keep him out there the whole game <laughs> like they were doing yesterday like rivera was doing yesterday right. they, we don't need there's no streaks we're trying to break or anything like that but you do i think need to at least score a touchdown just to give him a, i don't want him going into the into atlanta without having scored a touchdown in an nfl game right like that just you want to get those jitters off you first. Yeah. Like, that's the first thing you want to get off. And and again, he had a great drive against New York. He you did. Know, through, the, through the pass to Hayden Hurst, you know, that, that set him up for a field goal. Like you said, just finishing off that one drive. After that, take him off. Yeah. Take, take, him, take him out of the game and, and let's go from there. Now, I will say I was so impressed with what Matt Corral showed in game two compared to game one. He 
Lucky, I thought he took a big leap. I mean, it's easy to leap from the, I, to, the bottom to be, stair to the. I mean, to be fair, there was. A, I mean, we didn't have a whole lot to go to go off on. The only thing we had was what, what, what preseason game did we play last year? I want to say it was Washington. Was it Washington? I think it may have been Washington. I yeah. feel like it was Washington where he got his helmet ripped off. Yeah, his helmet ripped off. Yeah, because it was it was um it was him against uh it was him against Sam Howell. Right, and then we played the Patriots last year in one of the preseason games. Yes, and but that's the one where he would have yes. broken his foot. Would it, would it not have been? Yes, I'm trying yeah. to remember. So I mean, there there wasn't much to go on from there, but I will say like like it does seem like Thomas Brown when he calls a game for Matt Corral, it fits more. Like it's it, he seems to have a a, a a rhythm for when he's calling plays for Matt Corral in comparison to when Bryce Young is on the field. I mean, I would go as far to say you can you can notice a difference in the offenses in general when it's Frank Wright calling the plays or when Thomas Brown is calling the plays. Yeah, I don't know if they're doing that on purpose. Like they're having Frank Wright call the more van- he's he's calling the more vanilla plays to then allow for Thomas Brown to get a little bit more of a of a longer leash because it's like all right, he's clearly you know. This what we're doing is bad, so just do something. And if it works, cool. If it doesn't, that's fine. At least you're not doing what you started out doing. But right. I mean, as far as quarterback goes, right now Jake Lutton's the most impressive quarterback we've seen. I mean, he's, again, he's he's thrown the only touchdown to this point. But I mean, like, but but again, even with Matt Corral, you think about the the, the pass to Shaw on the sideline. Yeah, that was like, good. That's, that's an impressive throw. It and was. Again, he does he does seem more he did seem more poised this weekend, which is which is that's all I was really looking to see. I'm I'm looking to see like okay, does he get better? Does he seem more comfortable? He did. See, he did seem like all of those things. Uh, Ludden. I mean, chances. I mean, chances are. I mean, he's not. Chances are he's not making this roster. No. We kind of no. already know that. But I mean, great take to put out there for the rest of the NFL to see. Well, that's see. I mean, Corral has one more game. If, I mean, we his trade value is just gone. Uh, well, that was yeah. His trade value was only gonna was only gonna stay up or skyrocket if he had like a a DTR like preseason. Yeah. That was gonna be the type of season he was gonna have to have in these first couple of games in order for you to be able to trade them off. Now you just kind of just – you just got to hope that you don't have to play them and you hope that Andy – you know, Andy Dalton be healthy yeah, by I the mean, time the regular season starts. So, I mean, he is healthy. They're, yeah, it's just not, not, it's gonna, not It's not a health issue is why he's not – He's just, they just don't need just to see anything play. from him. It's it's Andy Dalton. There's, why would we – Right. I mean but, – but, but but like you said, like, but the biggest point has been the play calling, though, and who's going to take those play calling duties once the season starts because we have seen – that once Brown gets going, he does seem to have a rhythm for what once he start, starts calling plays. But, you know, come week one against Atlanta, who do you roll with at that point? I mean, I'm always so hesitant to have head coaches call the play on either side of the field. I mean, it was Rivera's, like, nail in the coffin. Once he took over the defense, that was it. Yeah. And, so. I've seen it, you know uh, – Guy, you think of guys like you know Matt Patricia or you know McDaniel's like when they're t- or you know um, uh, Bill O'Brien like when you have these things when they're taking over and they're calling the plays like you take away from any sort of ability to like predicate the blame on somebody else and you're not right. supposed to do that as a coach but like it's all on you and now it's <laughs> twice on you because you're doing like the head coach role isn't supposed to be that kind of role you're supposed right. you're the you're the facilitator you're the enforcer you're the you know the pastor the 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 speaker like know <laughs> your role so for me i'm like just I, the quicker thomas brown can start calling the plays in my opinion the better like it's still going to be under frank Reich's philosophy it's not like it's two different guys right and two different playbooks it's just how he's going about drawing up the plays or how he's going when when he's utilizing them so for me the faster the better yeah absolutely like i said I, i'm excited from what i've seen from thomas brown as a play caller and i mean and and if it's gonna and if it's going to be anything similar to what we saw in la yeah and 
all that I'm all I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean he's got a good basis around him. You know, yeah. we've seen him come from. He's got good schools of thought that he's coming from, and that tree has done very well as well. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's the new that's the new tree, it's the Belichick <laughs> tree. This is the McVay tree. It's coming off, and it, it it has shown that it can perform well. So that's my hope and thought process. As far as some other guys, you know, that we're talking about, obviously some of the bigger news has been Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Does, do you make a play for Frank Reich's former running back? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, we. I mean, first of all, we just complained for the last two years yeah. about McCaffrey's contract, and we finally got that off to then try to re-enter that market to try to go get another running back contract. Now, this is in a much more – it's a di- very different market for running backs now from when we signed yeah, McCaffrey. It's a- much more depressed market. Like, you could definitely get them for, for the cheap, but they're looking for a first-rounder. Which we don't have one of those. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, we've already spent that. Yeah, so I, yeah, no, I don't, no real, nah, no, no real interest there. I mean, I, it, it, it sounds, it sounds good, but then again, I mean, you pay, you pay Miles Sanders too, so it's like, yeah, you gotta just kind of, you gotta just, you gotta just sit on what you got, be, you know, roll with what you have. We understand running back, running back by committee does work, and we do have a, a number one running back that I think can be, that is, that can be elite level playmaking weapon. Yeah. So. I, I see no need to go. I mean, we have a, if you're looking at running back and wide receiver, we have a number one running back. We don't have a number one wide receiver, and no. I wish the Stephon Diggs stuff was real. I wish that was real. I, 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 it look, I, it is to me, it is real. You think it is? He said he nipped it. He said at the end that and it lie, was. Bro, players lie all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, how many times do we have to keep hearing stories about well, that's what I'm saying. this and that? And okay, it's not coming from anywhere. It's not. Is this nobody's making this up? Yeah. Like some somebody's agent is putting this out. Somebody's somebody's camp is putting this out. There's yeah. no. If if there was nothing there, then why did we have stories in June? Yeah. About about you guys butting heads or about you guys or about you not seeing eye to eye. I mean, what what have the tweets been about? I mean, I mean, who where's all this stuff coming from? See, if I'm the Bills, I'm I'm going all right. Well, if you don't want to be here anymore, and we're I mean, they need more wide receivers, but then I'm like, all right, we need a running back. Let's go do something for Taylor. Let's get let's let's get him over uh, here. I was I mean, my first thought, I'm not gonna lie, when it came up to Diggs, I was like, well, they're gonna need a receiver back. I was gonna say package up Terrace Marshall, and and, and and whatever and whatever pick that I mean whatever pick it would take to get it done, then send, ship that out. And then, I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. He, he can walk. I'm sorry. I'll take. We got our second rounder next year. We still have that pick. Just send <laughs> send it right off. Well, like it, my whole thing is that the, I will say I'm a little bit worried about the wide receiver by committee thing. Yeah. Anyway, I I've never heard of that before. Like I know I've heard running back by committee. Well, I've never seen wide receiver by committee until like what Kansas City did this past year. Yeah. But again, well, I mean, we talked about this the other, like, you know, <laughs> Patriots have done it before, right? But uh, the Giants have done it, but with yeah. guys that like with Eli Manning, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, you're only making it work with MVP level quarterbacks. Even Aaron Rodgers could only have done only did it for so long. He couldn't even do it this year without right. Devontae Adams. I mean, you don't do it. You think of like the teams that have done it in the wide receiver groups. That's not the one that you know when they're talking about Super Bowl teams. They're going look at. There's no running backs on the Super Bowl teams. There are wide receivers on these Super Bowl teams, and some of them, you know, you could say, like, even if there wasn't a true number one in terms of, like, talent-wise, like, you could argue, you know, Wes, uh, Wes Welker wouldn't have been a number one on a different team. Right. But he was still the number one on that team, and they still had Gronkowski. I mean, yeah, you talk about, you know, Patrick Mahomes. You talk about, you know, it, 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 it definitely – I mean, you talk about, like, you know, the 49ers. It doesn't work with Jimmy Garoppolo having nobody out there when they were going to the Super Bowl. They right. had literally nobody. Right. I mean, there has to be an elite level guy, elite an elite level pass catcher out there. I don't think that guy exists on this roster now. I think asking Adam Thielen to do what he's done 
in in years past is that's a lot. Yeah, I don't. I hope they weren't expecting him to be the number one coming in. Like, and they've been verbally saying that he's not. He, right, he's not. And Chark has been the guy that's had the best connection with uh, Young as a as. A and he early. has the best potential to be it. He does. But the thing about Chark is that I mean, is we still haven't seen it. No. Like, I, even like I, he's had he's always shown flashes of greatness, but I think that I like Chark a lot more if he's my number two. He's, just, he's he's had ample opportunity to take over the number one spot in Jacksonville and in, in in Detroit, and he's never taken over. Whether it be health or whether it just be his play, like you said, like it, it still hasn't turned into anything. Uh, you know, turning into turning anything of substance yet. He's a good receiver. It, I just not get it twisted, but I mean, I think maybe expecting this group to like all right, what happened? Like, I mean, do you think you made the playoffs if you don't have at least eight thousand yard receiver? No, you don't. I think they're hoping for. I think they're hoping they've hit the the Ole Miss sweepstakes again. And I mean, look, yeah. he had a few plays that I'm like, all right, oh, that's fact, some absolutely. AJ Brown looking stuff out there. Right, you know, bouncing off that tackle. That's a big thing to do, and he's a big man. So they're hoping that I think that they that they've struck that you know that oil mm-hmm. of getting an AJ Brown, getting a you know DK Metcalf, and getting someone that could be a number one in his rookie year. Because obviously, you know, AJ Brown was—we knew he was going to be a number one. Even DK Metcalf, we knew too. Yeah, that for some reason I don't know what happens, but people start overthinking the draft and yeah. guys slide. And that made no sense. To everyone, me, but... I knew he was going to be number one on that team. Like you look at the man, you saw that that one picture was enough for me <laughs> to know that that man is a number one. And I guess it, it is imperative that T, that Terrence Marshall have a significant season. Like, it, like, it, like he's the only other guy that's capable. Between it's, yeah. it's Chark, Mingo, and Marshall that are the only guys yeah. capable of being a number one like option. Like that, that's really and that, it. And that's what they're banking on. That's a that's a that's a tough bet to make. I mean, you're betting on you know forty uh, on twenty one red. You're betting on getting that exactly right, and, and knowing that one of those guys is going to pan out. Now you have ample opportunities for them to, to pan out and i just think it's not being shown in this preseason i mean i've seen nothing from this no. offense that wide receiver one group i've seen nothing from I, I i've seen nothing from anybody like even hayden hurst has barely done anything for the yeah, he had the, he had he had the one catch against yeah. against the giants but we were expecting that right like i've seen nothing that has shocked me or gone okay now like we're cooking and i don't know if that's by design or if it's just in terms of like you know it's a if we've over estimated how quickly they could all gel together i really think that's a big thing that is that is i mean you think about we're going from these are our top three wide receivers now we're not on the team last year our number one quarterback our quarterback obviously wasn't on the team last year either tight end our running back like it's a totally different it's a new look offense bro so it's like we are expecting a lot out of a group that's never played together and maybe expectations need to be tempered a bit I would say so. I mean, we we mentioned this last week. You know, I don't think I've ever seen – I can't remember in recent memory a team that has gone – like an an offense where every single one of your skill players, literally every one, is new. I mean, because TMJ, you can't you, – he's not. like He hasn't. He hasn't elevated himself to that And role then yet. even if that's happened, then normally you still have your same head coach and offensive coordinator from the year before, but you're also factoring in an entirely new coaching staff where not a single piece, like at least on the defensive side, they kept Cooley and they kept a, uh, another guy. And Campin's there as well, but that doesn't do you any good on offense. Yeah. you got a new receivers coach, a new quarterback coach, a new coordinator, a new head coach. Like, it's ridiculous. That is so many variables trying to come together in the span of, you know, six months yeah to put together a cohesive 
picture of what they could do on the field. Yeah, I think I think we we are we are expecting a lot of again of just a, a brand new group and hoping that this comes together and we can possibly make a run at the division this year. I mean, and and you know you know Tampa Bay announcing Baker Mayfield as a starting quarterback, which I told you Look, was going to happen. I don't know why you thought it was going to be anything different. <sighs> I, there's no way you bring it like if we had if it was if Matt Corral was healthy, right? And we still brought and and Sam Darnold was in the picture, right? And we bring in Baker Mayfield when we do. I still don't think it's a question. Like I, you start Baker Mayfield, like at least because like naming him as a starter doesn't mean he's going to be starting week two. Like I, I don't think he makes it past week six. I give, yeah, I, I give him. him I give him. Ha- they'll make it. He'll push to the first creamsicle uniform, and then if he does bad in the creamsicles, they'll take him off. But I just <laughs> yeah, like I I don't know why anyone was thinking Trask was gonna was gonna take the starting gig. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I I think they're both terrible, but I mean, hey, but that's that's true. But it's like Tennessee, Willis and Levis aren't going to take the starting spot over over Tannehill. Like, not even close. It, it, there's no way it's gonna happen. <laughs> it doesn't matter how good they are. It's not gonna happen. It's like when, we, it's like when we drafted Greer a couple years back, and everyone was like, "There's the QB battle. There's the controversy," and you knew who you knew the type of fan that was pushing that that agenda. But there was no way on God's green earth that Will Greer was ever going to start. No. Or even come close to pushing the envelope to starting. It was never going to happen. So I don't know why anyone thought Trask was going to make any waves. It was not surprising to me in but, the slightest. Well, I will say that I'm probably a lot more confident that the Saints probably take this division. Yeah. I mean, Jameis Winston still looks like a top 30 quarterback in the NFL as yeah. your backup. Yeah. Derek Carr is only going to do like everything he gave to the Raiders. He's going to give to the Saints, right? And like even if they do poorly, he's still going to be giving it his absolute all. Now, do you see the thing about Jimmy Graham? No. Oh, I I saw a headline. I didn't. And I, I don't know if it's it. yeah. Like I didn't read up on it too much, but that's a. I can't remember if it was like Dob or one of those fake you know Twitter accounts, right? Because I always have to check on that stuff. But if that's true, that's odd. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he was going to be a key piece of that offense anyway. No. It, I mean, bro, I, I, I don't even know how old Jimmy Graham even is, but at this point, I, I would have thought he – I've thought he's been out of football for at least three seasons. Yeah. I didn't know he was still playing. No, I didn't know he was still playing uh, So I, I can't imagine that's going to be a, a But they still have Chris Olave. They still have – you know, they still have Michael Thomas for whether or not he's healthy or not. And he'll be able to do enough with just that on itself. And yeah. I know they have a couple – I think – I think – no, Ted getting retired, I think. Yeah, he's done. He's done. So, I, you know, I, and their defense has lost very little. Yeah. It's and not like the Eagles. Back. You know, it's not like the Falcons. It's not like any, like, they've lost very, they lost Shy Tuttle, and they lost one other guy, and that was it. They've kept everybody else. They still, I mean, Demario Davis is still one of the best linebackers in the league. Yeah. And I don't know why people forget about him as much as they do, because he he, he, he wreaks havoc on us every, every twice a year. They still have, you know, Cameron Jordan, who I can't even stand. Their defensive back groups are still, you know, are still great. Marshawn Lattimore, guys like that, like they still have not dipped at all on defense. So they're going to continue to be that defense that they are. I think we get a win in that second game because we've, no matter what, in this, now we might lose because Matt Rule, that was his specialty, was beating the Saints week two. And whooping on him. That was his specialty. If there was any guarantee in this life, it was that Matt Rule was going to beat the Saints week two and then never again. Yeah. But I think, yeah, the division, you know, like, 
I think that the schedule just doesn't bode well. Like I said, I mean, the, it's a lot. To, it looks a lot different now. I think now that we've seen how our team looked, the schedule looks a lot different. I mean, I don't know about you. My expectations and my thoughts, like my record that we had, yeah. has not changed. Right. My expectations for this team has not changed. I was not pegging on Bryce Young and Frank Reich to come and set the world on fire and score 60 points every preseason mm -hmm. game. I just didn't think that was going to happen. Am I more scared than I am if they would have done a little bit better? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, the, like, but then we've also got to remember the teams that we're playing against in the preseason. Salah has now had the reins for two, years, two three years two at years least. Now. Dable, we already saw, like, he already whooped us once. And he's not gotten worse as a as a as a coach. Right. You know, we don't. It doesn't matter if Saquon's there or not. Like, he he's a good head a good coach, coach, and he's got a you know he's got he, he took that team to the playoffs last year, so I, there was no reason to expect that they wouldn't do any better this year. And then the Lions, like, yeah, I mean this like this could be the toughest team we play all preseason. And like, if you thought the last two games were bad. If they are putting, if they continue to put together the way they have been, you know that could be a bad score too. So I don't like even our preseason schedule was rough, you know before Aaron Rodgers got there and he, even without him playing, you know Zach Wilson's playing to prove that he is a starting quarterback and right. could get a gig, you know if Cincinnati comes calling or you know or Pittsburgh comes calling or someone you know the 49ers need a person, you know that yeah. could happen. And so I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that we're gonna go you know 0 and six to start out. But I mean, those games that we said were 50-50 games, <laughs> like maybe a little bit less than 50-50, yeah, and you know, like seventy thirty right now. Yeah, too. like maybe I'll, I'll redact my statement saying that we could beat the Cowboys. I'm not sure I see that happening. Mm. Um, but like, just that stint of Dolphins, Bears, or Dolphins, Seahawks, Vikings, Lions, oh, it's like a nasty lineup. Like that is see, not is a brutal. Hold on, let's, I'm pulling up real quick. That it's is, it's a tough group. That's it's rough. It's like it. It's Falcons, Saints. Falcons, Saints, Seahawks. Seahawks week three in Vikings, Seattle. It's just Lions. Yeah, that's why I thought it was weird that we're playing the Lions in the preseason. And I was saying that too. And I was trying to think of like the last time I'd seen it where a team played a preseason team in the preseason and then played them in the first six games of the regular season. That's crazy. That is really odd to me. But then I mean, it just keeps going. You know, you, then you get the Dolphins, then the Bears, then the Cowboys. Then I mean, it's a stretch where it gets a little bit easier. The Titans, the you know Packers. I think there's the, that game in there. The the Bucks for the first time. Like yeah, those ones you'll be fine with. But then that last three weeks, I think again it gets like, I think it's like it's Jaguars, Saints, and the Bucks again. Yeah, that's why I, I like I said the quick the quicker our O line and Bryce Young can find their footing, the better. That'll that'll be as. And then you know whatever whatever we like as as a, as a defensive unit you know with Justin Houston, um, Brian Burns, Marquise Haynes I like our pass rush. Oh group. yeah, Amari. Oh, I'm sorry, Amari Barno is again. He's, he got he's, carted he, off today. He did. He got carted off today. DJ Johnson got carted off yesterday. I did hear that that wasn't as the Johnson injury isn't as bad as a. Yeah, that's the second time he's been carted off in two weeks, and I'm starting to wonder if it's up here. It's in here, you know. I, yeah. I, um, you know, LaVisca's in concussion protocol. We'll see what happens there. But, yeah, they carted off Amari Barno today. We haven't heard what 
the extent of that was. Haynes, you know, is, is supposed to be – he's supposedly progressing well, should be good to go week one because that was the biggest – you know, that's why we brought on Deion Jones and they brought in Justin Houston because we're like, all right, we need to bring in some guys. Mm. You know, Deion Jones I think is going to be underrated for us. I think, honestly, our biggest – one of the biggest things to keep us out of the playoffs this year could be our health, really. Yeah. Like, uh, we've got older guys that, you know, have stuff in the tank but are a bit injury-prone, and our younger guys – are injury prone in a lot of key positions. You know, your two cornerbacks, your running back, your tight end, your receivers, like you've got injury issues in a lot of key facets of the game. And so it could, I think it might even be one of those things like, you know, the 49ers Mm -hmm. where like the 49ers were looking like a playoff caliber team. And then suddenly, you know, the sky falls on top of them and they lose 20 of their guys or same like with the Titans, you know, they lose 20 of their guys and that shuts it, everything down. Like, you know, the Jags the year before. Like, I think that could end up being your biggest opponent is just mm. health. Health. I mean, especially for a team that, you know, is going to be playing a lot of its guys a lot more. It's going to be pushing through a lot more and needing everything from its players, from the teams they're playing up against. You're going to be playing some hard-nosed teams, some run-right-past-you teams. Like, it's going to be physically brutal of a season. Yeah. So I could see, like, them making a run and doing well, and then it just kind of taking a nosedive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, it's going to be a journey for sure. Like you said, with a lot of new faces, a lot of younger guys, it's definitely going to be a journey. And, I mean, I'm – I'm excited to see where it goes. So, like I said, I haven't lost my excitement for the season at all. I'm just intrigued to see how we how we perform week in, week out. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more kind of – if anything, it makes it better for giving us stuff to talk about, you know, no, like absolutely. we said. We, we, have nothing but, we have nothing but content to give during this great season. Like I said, it's, it's going to be entertaining for sure, like I said. I, 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 it's, it's a new chapter in, in franchise history. So, I yeah. mean, again, it's, I'm interested to see how the first chapter writes itself. So, um, and then the other thing I got to say then is we said the last week, you know, we were just hoping to see points scored. That was what we were hoping for. So now what are you looking to see in this Lions game? I got, I just, like, you, like we said earlier, I got to see more from that first offensive group. I want to see that first offensive group score, you know, get into the end zone. But I just want, I, I just want to see the quarterback be protected. Simple, simple and plain. Like if he, if, if Bryce has time to go through reads and, and, play within a clean pocket that'll be my biggest that'll be a big w for me because it'll at least show me that okay the offensive line group is starting to gel the calls are starting to get in guys are understanding what uh, guys are understanding their assignments and you know eliminating mental errors that's that's got to be the biggest and that offensive line group and their continuity is going to be big for me for me i'm hoping we're playing it's like i said it's dress rehearsal it should be full first team so hopefully i'm seeing all of our defense back which means i need to see lack of points on the board from the other team like we've let you know the jets what 28 points the giants 21 like we've put up a lot they've let up a lot of points and i know it's been because of you know oh it's not our first team in there but it's been early on too you know the jets put up 21 in the first half or i'm sorry the giants put up 20 in the first half the jets put up i think 17 in the first half or something like that Mm. so i need to see some stops some punts, you know, field goals at the very at the very best. You know, that's all I really want to see. Like, yeah, offense, like I said, I don't want to see Bryce Young leave the field until they score a touchdown. Right. Like, it, within reason, again, let me preface. Sure. Within reason, because <laughs> I, that, that don't need to happen. But I want to see the defense perform well and just kind of, like I said, have a bit – just give me a bit more, not of like that confidence, like, but that confidence boost. Just go, okay, you know what? All right, that's what we were right. looking for. Then you take the week off. 
yeah, you take the week off and then you go to Atlanta and it's like, all right, now we know what we're doing. Right. So that's really what I'm looking for. Um, and to see how they just go about putting on that dress rehearsal. You know, the, the, the some of these practices, these run-throughs haven't been great. So how can they turn it around and say, all right, this is what we're actually going to put up on the field. Right. And so then before we wrap up, so a uh, little known fact, it was my birthday last week, turning uh, 25, the quarter-life crisis to age myself. So I am... <laughs> 25 i'm not 16 i'm not 21 i see the comments i'm 25 but got the ps5 for my birthday finally broke down i was an xbox guy forever i yeah. made the switch um and steve smith was putting out the the, uh, the the giveaways for the promo codes for madden right and so i was like all right let me try i he said retweet it and commented so i commented saying it was my birthday i got the ps5 for my birthday we needed to get madden on it too thinking nothing of it then last week got a dm from steve smith and i, and I won the promo code for madden from steve smith so agent 89 shout out to you for giving me madden for free but i do also have a bone to pick with madden because they got our practice they got our jerseys wrong they got our away jerseys wrong on madden where it has a blue collar on our white jerseys instead of a black collar again you know you would think that you know a game that's it's only licensed by the NFL. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Could get the jerseys right, but nonetheless, I mean, it's like it's like ESPN still running our old logo because that I see that all the time. Really? I still see people running <laughs> our old logo. Absolutely. I'm like y'all. To be fair, the logo hasn't changed that much. But it's it doesn't it's still changed. It changed, but it didn't change enough. It's been it's been ten years, twelve years at this point. I got it, you know, back then. But it's been ten to twelve years. Our jersey or our new logo is a is a tween now. It should be able to be recognized as different. But yeah, so I've been playing Madden. It's fun to play. You know, it's been interesting to see the different three four. How they have the depth chart set. It's always fun to watch that kind of stuff. You know, chins listed as, as a nickelback because that's what they're putting him in there. But so again, yes, yeah, Smitty, thank you. For Madden, I'll be playing that continuously. And then, guys, like I said, we want to hear from y'all what y'all expectations are going into, you know, into the regular season. So leave comments, leave questions, DM us. We want to bring some fans in to our actual studio. So yeah. if you want to be one of the first to come in and do that, let us know. We're going to try to put that together to come and check out all the different stuff. You can see, and it's not just Panthers stuff, too. We put some Lions stuff up here to get us ready for the matchup. Yeah. Great Barry Sanders jersey and the real-life Lion. And then the trash can is always a good staple. And then what the heck is next to you? If you're listening to this, go to the YouTube video circa, you know, what is it, 40 minutes in, and look what is on Shantisa's hand right now. The arm of harm. I have never <laughs> seen this in my life as a Panthers fan. It's like the foam fingers, I've, but better. I've never seen it. Honestly, I wish I would have worn it for the entire episode. But Could you have worn that the whole episode? I could have. You could have? I could have. I could have ride it. But, I mean, this would definitely be the thumbnail of, of the YouTube. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be the name of the episode regardless. Oh, absolutely. I don't know who made this. There's no branding on it whatsoever. But it's crazy. I don't know if it's Panthers. <laughs> like, if it's a Panthers merchandise, it just says the arm of harm, and it is the best thing I've seen. Yeah, this is, this is wild. This like, is I wild. had the foam, you know, the foam paw yeah. that they gave. I had, I had that for the longest time, but I've never once seen that. This is wild. I'm not going to lie. I got to figure out where, like, Catman and, like, you know, all of them find all – where they get that gear from. Because I've seen a bunch of them at training camp that they're wearing, like – one of them had, like, uh, like an Iron Man helmet. The other one had, like, a like a 
Arkham Knight Batman looking helmet. I don't know where they get the stuff I gotta, from. I gotta imagine. They, I mean, you gotta be paying top dollar for that, which I won't be paying for any of that. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't make it. You know. No, not in the slightest. I don't make enough for that. It's like cosplaying. I, there's. Yeah. I don't understand where, I don't understand where you're getting the money for that stuff. No, 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 no. You gotta have a passion for that for sure. But yeah, this. I mean. But if you're looking for the Infinity Gauntlet of the Carolina Panthers. The Arm of Harm, coming to Locker Room Charlotte. Here, their website is almost up, is up, is dropping. They're not listening. Oh, no, 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 it's, it's almost. It's almost up, <laughs> it's almost up. They put the promo, I couldn't remember the promo was for, August 31st, I'm getting it here, fresh <laughs> from the developers themselves. August 31st, that website will drop. That's how I found out about Locker Room Charlotte way back in the day. I was yeah. waiting for it to come back. Now they've got it to pair with the new building so either come to watershed that's the name of the building that it exists in or be on the lookout august 31st for their website and we might even have some stuff that uh, that you might be able to get if you listen into the podcast like i said man just be make sure you're an avid listener make sure you're a dedicated listener because we do got something coming for you guys if you guys have you know if you guys you know stick around a little bit longer i mean you should be doing it regardless just to hey, hear i get hey. or we thank you for doing it for so long to put up with us yeah. uh jb couldn't be with us this week he was feeling sick, so we hope you get better, buddy. He'll be back on next week, and we've got some in-person ones planned as well. And, guys, we're getting into it. We're getting the season ready to go, working out the kinks of our new studio here. So, you know, it's all on the come up. Yeah, man. You know, I mean, not really much left to say. I mean, other than, you know. I said, you never get to say it. You want to say it this time? I was always like, you know, nothing much left to say other than keep waiting and keep pounding.